Welcome to the Dancers Amplified podcast, a growing global alliance of dancers that seek to ignite change within the dance community. Our goal is to fight for social justice by opening up conversations that focus on racism and discrimination towards marginalized individuals within the dance and art community. In order to make progress, it is important to create platforms for creatives to share their hardships and experiences. We seek to motivate the activists of today to become the leaders of tomorrow. Our commitment to impose change while elevating artists is ever-growing. Now, let's turn up the volume. Hello all, I hope everyone is doing well. I am super excited to have this week's guest on the Dancers Amplified podcast. She's currently a full-time dancer and choreographic associate with the Gibney Performing Arts Center and is choreographed for companies such as Hubbard Street Dance Chicago, Boston Dance Theater, and Ballet X. She is also a 2019 Princess Grace Award winner for choreography. I was so happy to finally meet and speak with her. She is such a light. I hope you will all enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the Dancers Amplified podcast, Reina. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I love Dancers Amplified. I know. We've been sourcing a, a date for so long, and I'm so glad it was just like spur of the moment. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's perfect. It, it, it turned out perfect. And and I wanted to know a bit maybe about how, how you found out about Dancers Amplified. How I found out about Dancers Amplified was, you know, Joey had approached me um, via social media and had asked me just to take part. He'd seen all the things that I post on on my feed or my story and um, just wanted me to get involved. You know, I'm a black female artist and I'm heavily involved in advocacy in the arts. It's been a part of my craft since I started making dance when I was like seven years old, <laughs> you know, I was wow. like, we are trying to stand up for our rights as children to not our do rights. chores, you know, like little things like that. And <laughs> I just That's feel so like, it's, yeah, so it's, great. it's really, it's amplified over the years and finding things. Um, I think, you know, being in this black body, it's always been in, in trying to craft my voice. It's always been about how to be visible, not just for myself, but to make my someone that, um, sorry, I'm trying to find the right words, but to make sense of, of what visibility means for a body like mine and to raise other voices that share that similar experience, whether black or non-black or just, unseen who's the you know like I think uh, a part of the job of an artist is to make visible the people or the stories that have been unseen or unheard and that's why I love dancers amplified because y'all are really doing the work oh great yeah and it's a global thing yeah Yeah. it just feels like you know a lot of oh sorry I'm so sorry I'm excited no 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 no. (laughs) but it feels like a lot you know, so much of what I hear from European peers or, or friends is that um, it's an American problem, racism and all of the gender divide and, and all of that, when a lot of what we experience is just a ripple effect of what happened in Europe all of those years ago in the transatlantic from the slave trade. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, there are remnants there and embers of 
of how that all began. It's just more deep seated and managed in such a way. And repercussions of, of history that is, that seems to be repeating itself and depending on what part of the world you're at, at, at what time in history. So it's definitely right. something that's, uh, wherever you are, it's going to, it's this rippling effect of, of, of marginalization and, and discrimination. Um, totally. and especially in the art world where it almost seems senseless to have this, but we have to remind people that it's happening every single day. And it's just because it's, uh, not, a, a you know, a business, uh, workplace, a bank or a grocery store or any other kind of, you know, working place. It's yes, we're artists, but we're still in a, in a workplace in a, in a, an area of business because that this is our right. business. And exactly. to feel discrimination is something that, that we can't, we can't just let it pass because, oh, you know, because people don't think we have real jobs. It's, you know, it's something that's, that, that, that can't be tolerated. So I really right. think it's important for people like you that are coming into the space and, and making space for yourself, your colleagues and for the future. And Definitely. I think it's amazing to be part of that. It's just, it's just, it's necessary, more yeah. than necessary. Totally, because if you look at it from the micro to the macro level of it, it's it's really like how I feel in society should never be reflected, I think, in this in a safe space like a creative playground or creative mm -hmm. shared space of work. You know, I feel like that should be a place where we're all flourishing creatively because it's such a vulnerable place, especially dealing with the body as dancers. Oh, yeah. It's like we have to show ourselves oh, yeah. all the time and be the face all of the time and look amazing all of the time. Yeah. You know, it's just like, how yeah. can we yeah. do that? We have to be aesthetically pleasing, exactly. politically correct. And fit into the norms and the and the the quota of what what they want, not only the direction but also the the audience and the climate in which we are. Right. right. And yeah, no, oh, it's really it's, totally. We we have to fit in this box. <laughs> yes, I'm sick of it. I don't yeah. want it anymore. I'm sick of it. <laughs> so I, I just. <laughs> I want to go back. I just want, I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, your educational um, background and your professional background and your career as of now. Ooh, okay. I'm like, let me dig back 32 years ago when a little, <laughs> when a little Rita <laughs> was born. Um, I, I, know. I was born in Chicago and grew up on the South side. I had a really great childhood, um, like really started creatively trying things out. Like as my family, we were really, uh, wild. We were wild country bumpkin bunch. <laughs> there were four kids and, and my parents and we traveled in a huge van that we called the ghetto van because it was just like loud music, something to keep the kids entertained. And, and like we would, um, watch movies. We take a lot of road trips. We were part of American Coaster Enthusiasts. 
Um, and so we would kind of tour the United States in, with a, like, um, in our ghetto van and, and just go to like oh opening wow. of, of like, uh, roller coasters or premieres of roller coasters. So we traveled a lot, which is how I caught the travel wow. bug like pretty early on. And, and with that, like music. So we just heard everything from, I don't know, Stevie Wonder to, Bjork to uh, anything my parents had, Outcast to Janet Jackson, Britney Spears, like all those things, like that were available to oh, us. Whatever cassette tape, you so know, just sing- yeah, just they really. I don't know. I think they instilled creativity in all of us, and we kind of all chose different directions, the four of us, and I stuck with dance, and I really love the the practice of it and how it like informs what your innards are doing and feeling anyway blah 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 so this all (laughs) was kind of instilled early on and I went to a performing arts high school called Chicago Academy for the Arts and wanted to study theater but then uh, realized I auditioned for both and got in for both and that's you know I didn't meet um Joey there, but we had, we were ships in the night. I think I graduated a few years before, before he did. Um, and then I stuck with dance and really loved it. And then from there went to SUNY Purchase Conservatory of Dance, where I met Kyle Abraham, which was my first dance job out of school. Ah, backtrack. When I was in school, I studied abroad my, my third year at Taipei National University of the Arts. Amazing. in Taiwan for a semester and that was you that know was a part so of that travel bug um that my parents uh-huh. kind of facilitated at a young age for us and it was just the first time I'd ever been to Asia ever been outside of like North America or anything North like America. that and um it really everything was in Mandarin and you had to just read body language at 19 and be patient and like learn all these elements about yourself and your artistry at that age. And it just was so informative for me um, artistically and the pathway I wanted to go, the career. I'm like, I'm not Asian, but I'm coming back here and I'm going to dance and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And, and yeah. And um, so from there, I graduated from SUNY Purchase in 2011 and then um, had a job with Kyle. I had missed so many senior or last year um, activities at SUNY Purchase because I started touring with Kyle Abraham. So I missed, almost missed my graduation. Mm -hmm. I had graduation. I had five minutes to say bye to my friends and I was on a plane to tour with Kyle to Pittsburgh to perform. So it just kind of just was happening. And um, it it went fast. Yeah. Right. And I never really knew where I belonged as a dancer. I didn't have the facility back then. I didn't really understand what nuance was, you know, you just have those instincts and you follow them and and you learn as you go. And um, was with Kyle for about four years, and in my third year, had joined Bill T. Jones Arnie Zane Company um, full time. So I was kind of straddling both jobs full time, and then Kyle yeah. was touring part time. Um, and I think Bill's company really informed me as what kind of artist uh, I wanted to be. 
And, but it was also a very difficult space to be in. Bill is very demanding and demands a lot of an artist. It's like theater work. You're, it's a lot. So it just wasn't the right fit. And then okay. from there, I went to Hubbard Street, Dance Chicago, because I always wanted to try a rep company. And I knew if I left a, a court, oh my God, I'm talking so fast. I'm so sorry. No, no, um, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm following, following. If, um, yeah, I knew if I wanted to join a rep company, I wanted it to be a good one. And so yeah. I think, yeah. I joined Hubbard in 2017, about four years after. Like everything kind of has this like four year timeline that I was following and um, joined Hubbard Street. And that in itself was also a challenge because they hadn't had a black woman in the company in over 20 years. So all of the microaggressions that you can imagine on the sly were there and you constantly felt othered, even walking into the space. I'll remember my first day, there were so many comments about how big my Afro was walking in. That was like really the first thing anybody had ever said to me. And that gives you kind of context of like how to really fit out of a situation without even trying, you know, it just, it, was that, but I I grew a lot, I think, as a dancer and as an artist, like taking all the things I had learned from a postmodern space, now bringing them into Mm -hmm. a very traditional rep company space of taking ballet every day. And like what the hybrid of that felt like was quite interesting. It was um, new. It was like Mm shape-shifting with raw skin, like, I don't know what this is, but you know, I'm gonna just try everything. The growing pains too. Totally. And I just wanted to try everything. And um, then I realized last year during the pandemic, I wasn't really happy there. I think I had stayed for a number of reasons. I think just to get the clout and um, the years behind the name of Hubbard Street and the year I wanted to leave the artistic director at the time, uh, Glenn Edgerton, who was also um, NDT's artistic director and had left 10 years prior uh, to join Hubbard Street as artistic director. And he was like, you can't go. I'm trying to nominate you for Princess Grace for choreography. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I guess I'll stay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, it's a very prestigious award here in the United States uh, for choreography, dance, and for other art mediums. And when that happened, just so many things, when I, when I received the award, just so many great things were happening. Um, So I really am grateful for that experience and like how it opened up a window of opportunities. And I knew during a pandemic, I wanted to, I wanted something new. I wanted to move back to New York because my fiance was there. And we had been long distance for three years. And so I moved, I joined wow. um, Gibney Company in New York, where I just received the title of choreographic associate, which is like their their resident choreographer. So that's cool. And I'm also dancing. Thanks. <laughs> but I'm also still dancing Amazing. there full time. So yes. it's just, yes. my hand is in every pot and I, I'm really it's exciting. It's exhausting. It's all the things, but I think the thing that keeps me, keeps the wheels turning is just, I think the yearning to, 
taste every flavor of everything. 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 Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. So so cool. And you really, you really, you really found yourself in this in, in this amazing spot where you're able to create and dance and be able to also go and work with other like right. with other companies and other people. And that's like that is that is the dream. You're Rena. You're living the dream of every dancer oh. at this moment. It's it's ah, it's you. amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm like wow so impressed and it's like it's not even impressed of where you are but it's like i'm impressed by your by your by the fact that you found yourself in 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 a spot where that where you want to be and where and where you find yourself um to be challenged and in a place where you're happy but challenged like it's it's i'm not going to say it's like a rare thing because i i i don't i haven't spoken to every dancer you know on you know in america or europe or in asia or wherever but it's it's definitely something that's quite rare and it's it's super 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 nice to hear that and and just to see you going through your journey it's amazing the short period of time that i've i've witnessed your your greatness so it's it's really awesome Thank you. I mean, and I think I, I want to just like make a shout out to Gina Gibney. You know, I don't think I would have gravitated towards that company um, if they didn't have, or if they hadn't been working on what advocacy looked like in the dance field for the past 20, 30 years. And that's what, why I wanted to go to a place that would help refine my interests a bit more. And you're interested in their, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I, their mission statement is very clear. They want all of dance to be involved with, you know, the things I mentioned earlier in our conversation, inclusivity and equity and how to make dance equitable for a vast majority of people, how to make it accessible. I think they consider everyone um, and the work that they do, especially if originally I had signed on to be an artistic associate and the role of an artistic associate is um, dancing full-time in a rep company and layered with that responsibility, you also have to come up and brand or come up with and brand your own advocacy fellowship. So that could be anything from designing a podcast such as Dan- Dancers Amplified. That could also be a fellowship. Um, but it's like really kind of branding your own uh, niche that kind of services the community. Some of the artistic associates are working with like a podcast to demystified like body image issues found within just a community and it doesn't necessarily have to be dance it could just be how do we see ourselves who are the people that we want to interview that would kind of shed light on on this issue and how do we make space for people within our own communities to be able to have the platform to speak out so there's that their choreographic um choreographic projects that people are working on to help service the young community. At first, I was interested in um, making a program for young choreographers, like age 13 to 17, because so often with teenagers, we're like, oh, you need the experience. But they might actually have way more to say, (laughs) like, you know, they just need the space and the the proper guide to to take them on that journey and help them source who they are artistically 
um, and fill it philanthropically as well, like how you brand yourself or share yourself with the community. And I just, I feel that that's so important. Um, yeah. Mental health. I know there's one advocacy fellowship with mental health called, okay, let's unpack this by Leo Zielinska. She went to code arts as well. She's, um, from Poland and she's in the company and Uh she's just incredible. And that's her fellowship. And she's made, I think, was gifted $50,000 last August to really push her project forward because there's such a need for mental health. So, you know, that on top of, yeah, you know, that on top of dancing full time, it's a lot of work, but you know, it's really satisfying knowing that we all signed on to service our communities through dance. Yes, exactly. And I, so I, I wanted to ask you, what was the process from a full-time dancer to a dancer, full-time dancer, and now plus choreographer? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, you told me a little bit your, of, your, of your path, but was it a smooth transition? Was it, um, it, and what was it exactly that you had the need to start creating mm-hmm. and choreographing? Oh my God, my Alana, this is hard. Let me think about this. Okay. <laughs> <I feel. laughs> um, what was, I think it's always been there. I've always been searching choreographically. I, like I mentioned before, like I would blast Janet Jackson, Britney Spears, Pink Floyd, whatever in my room when I was seven years old and just kind of dream up scenarios um, and like play them out, you know, whether I was like acting them out or dancing them out. But I literally, if I didn't have dance on a Saturday afternoon, instead of hanging out with friends, I'd spend all day in my afternoon, mm. in my all afternoon in my, in my room, making compositions, kissing like bedposts and like running away from it as if it were my <laughs> lover. <laughs> So I really feel like there's like a a crossfade that just was naturally kind of like built upon year after year. And um, where I started to take note of, oh, maybe this is something that I'm interested in in composition, not necessarily choreography, but just curating spaces and, and people and helping people be visible. I ran and I directed, organized, produced um, an AIDS benefit in my last year of high school. So when I was around 17 and I raised $10,000 for this place called the core center and the core center was a place for LGBTQIA youth who were runaways or, um, HIV positive. And we raised $10,000 to be able to give to the center so that they can have what they needed, the research for medical things that and medical necessities. Um, and what really drew me to oh, that easy. work. That's what, you know, I'm saying I'm like the advocacy is always, advocacy has always been there. But yeah, I think what been. drew me was like, wow, we have peers and we have people my age going through something so devastating. Like with what I know so far at the tender age of 16, 17, okay, I know dance, like, how can we make something happen? 
where we utilize our resources here. We put on a show, we invite them to come and we just, we go to town and we raise the money and the funds. And, and it was really, that's when I first was like, I think this is something that I want to do. I want to put on shows. (laughs) I want to do something that speaks to people that helps people. And so, you know, I think I started choreographing a little bit in high school and was encouraged by my educators, which was great. And um, I had going to SUNY Purchase, you were required to choreograph every year, whether it was an improvisation structure. Um, But Mm -hmm. every year you had to, and you were graded. So it was like, oh shit, well, I have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, About what you were going to. Totally. And, and I loved it. I think it just something about making a world happen. I like disappearing. I love daydreaming. I love dreaming up scenarios. I like yearning to be in other places. I love to travel. So I'm always dreaming of like faraway lands Mm -hmm. and what those sensations are. And now where I'm at in my life. Yeah. And in my phase is like, I, I'm interested now in how to amplify human expression, emotion through dance. So everything feels functional and not decorative. I'm trying to source. Not decorative. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we really made out of? And that's where my curiosities are. And I think it's that mixed with a lot of philosophies that may have been presented by, say, Plato back in mm. 1200 whatever <laughs> I don't know I don't know the year but it's like wow. how does that philosophy still hold up but you're incorporating that exactly yeah it's like how wow. how did those ancient philosophies translate to our modern day world or our current scenario in politics yeah. and culture yeah, the, the, yeah yeah the question the question is what what are we made out of and it's so, as a dancer it's like we're made out of magical matter <laughs> and and to make something out of it without without it, i think i think it also depends on the 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 epoch or you know the the right. the decade that you're in or the the century that you're in i mean decorative or not i think it always is uh, translates to to the times right. and i i'm so i i I, I'm really interested in your in in the in your process actually because mm-hmm. when I was I was researching you a bit and I you, in an interview you said something that made me smile like it, it really made me happy because you said I want to show audiences what the world would look what could look like if we were all dancing so oh. so it, if I I was reading that and I was I was actually in the city I'm, I'm in Lausanne Switzerland and I was just I started to see. You know, people just start to move, and 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 in 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 the way that they seem that they would move, and I think we all have our own. We all can kind of feel we have energies, and our personalities are like this. Everything is different. Our energies is this category. Personality is this. You can't know it, but there's always something that to me, I when I see people that are not dancers specifically. Dancers are the hardest people to know what they how they move because they're just like, oh, they're dancers, you know. But yeah. but when I I'm like they're gonna move this way, and it's almost just seems like it's um it's like a translation. Like I feel like I'm translating people's body languages when I'm walking. Like how would they dance? And when that quote, I it just it just it just touched me because I was like I do that all the time, and I'm not a choreographer. I'm not you know I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm an employed dancer in a in in a in a 
in a, in a company where we only do specific choreographies and yes, we can do improv and creating and all that stuff, but it's mostly, you know, and, and I, I really have this naturally, this, this thing of um, people trying to see people and understanding the way that they're moving their, their body language, what they're trying to express. And so when you said that I was, I was so like, ah, and so your passion to incorporate this feeling of inclusion and, and, and how everyone is, how, how they, people are naturally, um, could you elaborate a bit on, on, on that process of when you're choreographing on bodies and on, and, and how you want to emphasize this natural, undecorative way of, of expressing art through people's bodies? Right. Hmm. There's so many ways to approach this because I have varied perspectives um, on, on this scenario in particular. But I, I often think of it like an iceberg, like it's you only see the tip of it. And I think with people, mm. because life feels so fast paced for me, at least right now, I only get the tip of the iceberg. So I'm so quick to make those judgments of, oh, I bet they're like mm. this. Oh, I bet so and so is like that. And what I love about stepping into a process, like say with, with Wim Wim, I had kind of preconceived notions about, oh, I bet I imagine this person to be like this. And you, as the process goes, like I was really trying to kind of like get a snapshot of each individual. And as the process goes, process, what am I talking about? <laughs> process goes. <laughs> I, um, you know, there's like so much underneath that. And so I'm like, I think that's what I, I'm interested in and how those energies correlate, correlate which energies match, which ones kind of repel against. And I find that so interesting with every new space that I enter um, or even entering a train. And you can feel that from people. You can feel just looking at somebody, a stranger, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You have no idea. And it could even be the tone of their voice that surprises you. Or it's like, oh, I didn't know you had that much face. Oh, my God. You know, (laughs) little things like that. And I just find that really interesting to navigate, not necessarily play with, because emotions or histories and stories aren't to be played with. They're to be honored and and investigated with the permission of that person, especially if you're making something to be seen and so I'm really interested in stories I've never heard before um, and illuminating people that may find so much comfort and light and joy in the process of dancing so I, I take all of that into consideration the person I've got to take into consideration because otherwise, oh, yeah. why are we making work? Like, I, I don't understand. And, and, and there can be, again, varied perspectives into this one uh, sure. topic that we're talking about, but dance can be whatever we want it to be. And I think right now the phase that I'm in is like how to highlight the unseen or how to amplify the voices in front of you in such a way that, it's not only for them, but it's for a mirrored society to look at themselves in motion in a portrait versus oh, yeah. a landscape or what is the landscape within the portrait. And that's something that we're developing here in my work with Wim Wim. It's like, how do we find what the landscape is within each portrait, portrait? And that's synonymous to the tip of the iceberg as well. It's like, 
we only see this, but I wonder if we go deep, are we reflected into each other? Are we, do we see really the, the expansion in each person or is it really encapsulated in this one frame? You know, <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm like, amazing. Not to be too no, esoteric. no, because no, but I'm, I'm, I, it just, it just, it's just like pew, pew, pew in my brain because it's when you think about it, when you really think about a little iceberg, it's like, are we more similar than different? Because it's starting at some base, you know, at the, at the fundamental base as a human, we all, we all feel the same emotions, but at at different levels, at different degrees, and. And our, the way that we are brought up, the way that we are, that we fabricated our, our lives, of course, it changes because there's no one fabric that's the same. But, but when you get to really dissect someone through art and through dance, through your vision, you know, it, it, you get, you start to discover things that are, yes, either really vast or really encapsulated. But at the end of the day, it's like, everyone is just someone like a deep uh vortex <laughs> and, yes. and and we all have to just respect that and it's so i think as a choreographer it's such a responsibility to to respect the 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 person that you're working with and and who's working with you because they're at your in a way at your at your at your service mm -hmm. but you're at their service so it's oh totally this, this simultaneous kind of th th this um, this temporary like serious relationship, right. and, and until the show is happening, it's like this explosion. It's like the it's the finale, but it's also this thing that you're creating for the public. For, for it's it's going to be out there for people to be touched by because that's the reason you're doing it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yes, our art can be also very very. Um, I don't want. Uh, it's like a self work, you know, I think, I think in, in, when you're chore choreographing or when you're dancing yourself, you're, you're fulfilling somewhat of a need that will never be filled because we're never going to be completely satisfied, but you know, you, you're, you're fulfilling something in your, in your heart and soul that you've known since day one and yes. you're doing that for someone else and they're doing it for you. And then you're showing that to a public that is going to be touched by it. So it's just, all this feeling it's just, yes. it's so cool it's so oh cool. <laughs> thank you I mean and it's I yeah. kind of picked up on this when I was working with Bill like although it was demand like it was challenging and he was incredibly demanding mm. there was something that I learned about in his investigative process it really is like something that he would always say in our post-performance discussions was and he quotes or I quote him when he says um I only ask to be a participant in a world of ideas and I just was like what the fuck like that blew my mind because I'm like that is what we all just hope to do we hope to have a seat at the table to be able to respond in dialogue with world events with cultural shifts with political happenings with, I don't know, environmental causes with each other. Oh, and it yeah. could be, you know, yeah. we can, we can utilize a larger scale in terms of that and dialogue with that, or we can crystallize it into very intimate moments with people, whether it's intimate relationships or just, 
friendships or connections. It's so, there's so much of life to dive into. Um, and I'm just so excited much. as a creator because I'm like, oh, we can play with whatever. Like quarantine for me was, although like mentally was really difficult at uh, certain times, mm-hmm. I loved being the Tarzan of my own jungle in my little tiny studio oh, apartment wow. in Chicago. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can use, like, the space under my bed like this and then film it like that. Or, oh, my God, here's a stairwell outside on my fire escape. I'm going to have this vantage point and dangle my feet over. It was just, like, the confines. Actually, wow. I, I find when I'm most constricted is when I'm most expansive. I think it's my imagination wow. running wild, just diving into the fabric, like you mentioned before. Right, right. I just, I, I, and when, you, when you're saying that, I just wanted to ask, I just, I was curious, when is your favorite time to create? Like when you, when, because when you say when I'm confined, I feel expansive. Does that have anything to do with your process of choreographing, creating? What's your favorite time? What's your favorite um, situation? Yeah. I don't think I have one. Do I? I don't know. (laughs) I I think it has something to do. I don't know. I'm constantly digging. So it could come at any moment. Um, When I don't like to create, which I'm running into, this problem is... um, when I'm just fresh out of ideas, I think when I have just birthed the creation okay. and then the next, and within the next two days, I have another one. Like this just happened with me. When, okay. Um, when it's too close together. Oh girl. Like I really, I was struggling because I just had <laughs> finished. I just had wrapped a creation with Gibney. And then two days later was in the studio here in Seattle with Wim Wim. And I was like, I have ideas, but nothing feels good enough because I feel accomplished having just completed something. And here's what I mean by the exchange to feel okay with vulnerability of not knowing and trusting a group of seasoned artists to hold you in that space and to hold each other in that space where they're, where if I'm just honest and transparent, be like, y'all, I've got ideas, I'm fresh out. I'm going to communicate them to you. I love to start a process with a conversation Mm. because I get temperatures Mm. and colors from different people, Mm. moods and how the energy shifts when one person speaks, all of that like kind of buffer of of the in-between is really interesting for me. So I kind of start there if I get stuck Um, and they just help me. So I'm referring back to this company in Seattle and in Wim Wim, they have held me so beautifully, I think, through this process when I was just like, y'all, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. My mind is running. And they're like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's week one, maybe week two, we're going to find more things. And just as we've been going, how beautifully, like, things peel back if you keep finding more things together. And then we keep getting excited in the space because it's like, oh, Oh my God, do that, do that. And then, you know, maybe it's totally on the other side. Yeah. Of what you thought it would be. And that's the exciting part about it. I think that's what keeps motivating me to keep at it. That's amazing. That's amazing, Rena. I'm so, I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired speaking with you. Um, I'm going to let you go. I know you have some things to do. You have, you're a busy, busy, busy woman. 
booked and busy right now. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. But We're out here. I, <laughs> <laughs> out here working. Yeah, yes. working. I love. Um, <laughs> but I would love to speak with you another time. I, I'm really. I, I I think we just scratched the surface, and um, yeah, to have you back on on the podcast would be an amazing amazing thing to have and if you'd like to as well i'm so down you already know <laughs> like, i love to keep key. i love to tell yeah, I, like, I had the feeling <laughs> um but it, just just to ask where can we find you uh do you have anything to plug anything to mm. to discuss about uh, about your last projects or anything to to shout out whenever i get this question i'm like trying something new because it's there's a lot going on, um, but what I learned in the pandemic was I don't think it's always helpful for some people to hear, I'm doing that, da 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 Because I want, what I'm focusing on right now is just my joy. I'm trying to center happiness and working from that place, which I'm really excited about. That's up and coming for me, which has never really happened. That's up and coming. Joy. Joy. Joy is up and coming. I mean, there are several little things going on. Um, But you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Rena Butler, R-E-N-A-B-U-T-L-E-R. And just see. I post whatever I feel like posting. And you can can follow from there. And and, yeah. And I... It's amazing. No, but it's so it's so cool because I I love your when you talk about dream scenarios. I love your dream scenarios on your stories. Everyone, look oh, at Rita yes. Butler's dream scenarios on her story. It's amazing. I'm like, oh, oh my god, yes, my stream so cool. of consciousness. It's it's actually how what yeah. helps me determine what the next content for my my work will be. So sometimes you can get secret wow. messages either maybe where I'm at in okay. my head or maybe where I'm gonna go oh. with the creation. But like maybe it's just <gasps> Here flowers and flow, you know, like maybe it's like something about deep sea flowing and momentum. Yeah. Maybe that's like the theme of one scenario for a day. And or maybe it has something to do with a flip book of images. You know, it's just a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's it helps. It's like a mm-hmm. tool for me, a creative tool. Well, what a tool it is because it, it makes us dream for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. Amazing. Oh, thank oh. you so much. Well, Rena, I'm so happy to have had you on. I'm so, I'm, uh, thank you for speaking with me and taking the time out of your busy day. And yeah, I'm so grateful. Oh, me too. Yeah. And I'd love to come back anytime you need me. You know, you know where to find yes. me. <laughs> awesome. I do now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Well, right now, I, again, I can't thank you enough um, for opening up your, your, your heart and your mind and all this stuff with me for, for about 45 minutes. And I'm just, uh, I'm inspired. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl. (laughs) Cool. I'm going to hop back into rehearsal and do the ting ting. Go, go, go. Do the ting ting. Thank you for tuning in to Dances Amplified. Your continued support and engagement with our work is the fuel that keeps this engine ignited. Come join us on dancersamplified.com and discover many ways to engage with our activist community. 
And remember always, we know our power, grace, and flexibility. Our intellect reaches beyond our bodies, the studio, and the stages on which we present our work. Artists are at the forefront of change. Now is the time to tondu the work.